0: We typically think of it as a barren place of extreme temperatures and cratered landscapes with only the blackness of space for a sky. But does it have anything to hide? And should we be scared? Today, we're sharing stories from the dark side of the moon. Welcome to Shadowland, everybody. Welcome. This is a podcast that shines a spotlight on stories of the supernatural, mysterious, eerie, and unexplained. Stuff like Chupacabra.
1: Ancient lore. Haunted deserts. Interdimensional rock seals.
0: Undersea cities.
1: Dogmen.
0: Missing 411.
1: Road trolls.
0: Animal consciousness.
1: Mars anomalies. Anomalies.
0: The Valley of Headless Men.
1: Underground alien colonies.
0: Synchronicity.
1: Abominable snowmen.
0: All that stuff.
1: All that stuff and more.
0: Lots more. I'm Christina Callery.
1: And I'm Seth Jablon.
0: And today, we're doing stories...
1: From the Dark Side of the Moon.
0: Dark Side of the Moon, y'all.
1: My favorite Pink Floyd album. Is it? Yeah. I think also one of the like best rock albums ever for sure. But that's another podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a cool one, man. Like yet another that I feel like we would have done sooner. I mean, I feel like it's also like pretty apropos. Although, you know, Mars is getting a lot more headlines these days.
0: Right, but, right, um, right. But I mean, we're going to get there too. Yeah. We're going we're yeah, to get to
1: Mars. Yeah, we'll get to Mars too. We're, we're going to start with the moon. Get, and then, and then Mars next,
0: right? And actually, there there have been things in the news lately. Um, in December, for instance, um, uh, there were reports that the Chinese rover was heading to investigate this cube-like object on the dark side of the moon.
1: Oh, really? Oh, I thought that was yeah. Mars for some reason. Okay,
0: no, the dark side of the moon.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. So I haven't heard anything since.
1: But uh, oh wait, I think it like. I don't know. I, th- I think they did finally get there. I, but it was like, they're like, oh, it's like a rock. But like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's like they taught. Or was it? Or was it? Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like three months later or four months later, they're like, oh, it was a rock. And you're like, wait a second. This thing was driving towards it the entire time. Granted, it's like you going up and down hills. But like, it's not like it like disappeared for three months and then it like got there and was like oh it's a rock I don't know I feel like there was like a lot of build-up about it and then it Mm -hmm. just it was like oh never mind
0: right suspicious yeah well we're gonna go Um, deep today so
1: okay let's do it let's go deep
0: okay so I just have like a little bit of uh like a moon overview Okay, yeah, that And then that'd be awesome. I don't know yeah, if yeah. like, you want me to do that, and then you yeah, can the totally... And then you can do yours, and then I'll do mine?
1: Or... Sure, that sounds good.
0: Okay, all right. So I just got some moon facts. So it was formed almost at the same time as the Earth and Sun, around 4.5 billion years ago. And there are different theories about how the moon was formed, but the most widely accepted theory is that shortly after Earth was formed, a large, like, Mars-sized object collided with Earth... And vaporized rock and other objects kind of condensed together and formed the moon, either that or aliens put it there <laughs>
1: but wait more Mar- on the later- did you say Mars? Oh, like a mars
0: sized object yeah like a like a giant gigantic uh
1: i mean that's like how big is planet- Mars planet. in relation to the earth like that's uh, giant like yeah, so it like like pulverized it and then like it's split in two kind of.
0: Yeah, they collided and then there was this accretion that formed the moon.
1: Wow, that's crazy. Or
0: aliens put it there. Or aliens
1: built it. Right, isn't there like some. Yeah, right <laughs> we'll, like, we'll totally
0: get there. We'll get there. <laughs> okay, 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 sweet. Um. So, also, the moon is about 226,000 to 251,000 miles from Earth on average, and it changes. So, it doesn't orbit Earth in a perfect circle. So, there are times when it's farther away than others. And when it's closest to Earth, it's called perigree and it's full, hmm. that's when you get a supermoon.
1: Which we which just have, right? Know. We had like a strawberry super moon. I swear to God, I couldn't like sleep one night. Just just days ago, it was like some sort of super moon. I don't know if it's super moon everywhere, but it was definitely <laughs> like it was so bright. And it was they were calling it like a strawberry moon or something. Oh, like that's I don't cool. know if it was supposed to be like slightly tinted or something. I don't know. Anyway, it's super way. sane.
0: So it's gravitational pull, of course, affects our tides and. Uh, it the moon's pull also keeps Earth stable, and without the moon, Earth would move so wildly on its axis that life would be impossible, because there would be such crazy climate change happening. Um, and it was once a lot closer to Earth, and it moves away from us about 1.5 inches a year. Oh, really? Yeah. So eventually, one day.
1: That kind of seems like a lot, right? Like, like. It's... One point
0: five inches. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know maybe base? Um, and its diameter is two thousand one hundred and fifty nine miles across, and also, and I didn't know this, but the gravitational pull of Earth causes it to have quakes beneath the surface, just like earthquakes. And it it causes like ruptures and faults and maybe kind of like volcanic action. Um, And it used to be thought that the moon had no atmosphere. uh, But according to NASA.gov, recent studies confirm that our moon does indeed have an atmosphere consisting of some unusual gases, including sodium and potassium, which are not found in the atmospheres of Earth, Mars, or Venus. So -hmm. it's a very small amount um, compared to Earth's atmosphere. Uh, the site also says that the Apollo 17 mission deployed an instrument called the Lunar Atmospheric Composition Experiment on the moon's surface, and that detected small amounts of a number of atoms and molecules, including helium, argon, possibly neon, ammonia, methane, and carbon dioxide. So there's there's a bit of an atmosphere. Yeah, and some yeah. other stuff, too. So the temperatures are super extreme, and they range from about 260 degrees Fahrenheit when it's facing the sun to negative 387 degrees Fahrenheit, like so 387 below zero. Whoa. And that's when it's facing away from the sun. And then just a side note, the dark side of the moon isn't actually always dark. It just faces away from us because of our orbits, So, because we're locked in orbit with it. So it's dark to us, but really it's more accurate to call it the far side of the moon just Mm, because we can't see it. And it also has too little of a tilt to actually have seasons. And amazingly there are some super deep craters on the moon's poles that haven't seen sunlight for billions of years, and scientists have found signs of water in these places. Whoa. So, yeah, crazy. I didn't know that either. Um, but NASA's site says that there are, quote, significant ice deposits at the moon's poles um, found by NASA's Lunar Crater observation and sensing satellite and the lunar reconnaissance orbiter missions and the discovery of a thin scattering of water molecules in the lunar soil by the chandraya so i'm not even going to try to pronounce that x-ray observatory (laughs) another fascinating possibility has captured researchers interest the moon's atmosphere may play a key role in a potential lunar water cycle facilitating the transport of water molecules between polar and lower lower latitude areas. The moon may not only be wetter than we once thought, but also more dynamic. So keep that in mind. Hmm. And uh, the first spacecraft to reach the moon was Soviet craft Luna 1. It was unmanned, um, so it didn't actually land and it, it passed overhead. And the second one, Luna 2, did land. That was also unmanned. And then in 1959, Luna 3 landed on and photographed the dark side of the moon. I didn't realize that it happened that long ago. Other unmanned spacecraft sent by the Soviets collected soil and rocks, but it wasn't until July 21st, 1969 that a manned craft landed on the moon, and Neil Armstrong was, of course, the the first human to walk on the moon. And his footprint is still there. One more fun fact, and then I'm done. Uh, during the 1950s at the height of the Cold War. Seth, I don't know if you, you knew this, but the U.S. Air Force was actually considering detonating a nuclear bomb on the moon. Wait, what? Yeah, as part of some manned military outpost plan, but thankfully that that uh, didn't That's happen. That's
1: crazy. Wow. Really interesting stuff. Yeah, I mean, you, you you tend to think of the moon as this, like, you know, not not necessarily dead, but but static, right? Like object, yeah. right? Like it's like not much happening there. At least that's what we're sort of taught, I guess.
0: Right. But like cold that's not and monochrome true. and dusty right. and yeah, barren.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I feel like I've been seeing a lot of like images of of Mars, what it, what it looked like, you know, however many millions years ago when it had water on it, right? And so you know, we have this like I don't know. I feel like I, I at least have a, this like sort of more fixed perception of the planets as they're sort of pictured to us as children, right? Like, you know, uh, you know, Jupiter is this gas thing, and da da da, and it looks like this. <laughs> like, here's the, here's Mars, like desert planet, da da da. da. But it's like these are just m- moments in these planets' lives, right? Like in their evolution, right? Like they're just. It's just how they are now, right? Like their a stage, right? Like the earth wasn't always like this and it won't always be like this. I don't know. It just goes to the whole, like, we think the way things are now, they'll be that way forever, <laughs> right? But it, right. it's not true, right? So who knows what future is for the moon, right? Right. Um, right cool. Okay. So do you want me to do mine? Yeah, why don't you or do yours? or do you want to go yeah. back and forth, or?
0: Uh, why don't you ju- do yours and then I'll okay. I'll. Uh, I I'll think you might have you.
1: more than me. Okay, so, all right, cool. So, I guess I guess I kind of wait. Did I do this in order? I guess I'm not sure if this is in order, but um, the first story I want to talk about is um the story of Carl Wolf. Um, so. Back to 1965, um, Carl Young was a, a a young worker at the um, Tactical Air Command at Langley Air Force Base in Virginia. Not
0: Carl Young.
1: What did I say? Carl Young. I think you did. I said. I'm sorry. I'm tired. <laughs> Carl Wolf. W W. I, I'm always thinking about Carl Young. Um, so, oh, I said a young Carl Wolf. Did I say a young Carl Wolf? Okay, never mind.
0: We'll, we'll sort it out. and We'll and sort it out.
1: And out and <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm. Um, so, well, regardless, um, he was young at the time. Not Carl Young, but uh, a younger man. Um, and he had top secret clearance um, working as an electronic technician in the uh, photographic surveillance lab. And most of his job was spent working on machines that – um, processed footage actually from, um, the war in Vietnam, Vietnam, right? Like surveillance footage, top secret type footage. Um, so he was one of only two technicians at Langley who had, um, enough, uh, security clearance to uh, work on the, um, the real sort of like high tech equipment, which was processing, um, this type of information from the UT, uh, um, U2 spy planes. And other military intelligence hardware, right? So like they didn't let just anybody work on these. they had to have a clearance for it. Um, so Wolf claims that one day he was um, ordered by one of his bosses to report to um the NSA facility to help help them out with the um, equipment uh, equipment issue. So apparently they were processing uh, imagery um from the first lunar orbit mission. So this is all in his his words. Um, I was in a color lab one day when my boss, Staff Sergeant Taylor, came over to me and said that they were having a problem with some equipment on the base, and it was the first, um, and it was the first Lunar Orbiter program, where they had a mission to pretty much locate the first landing sites for the nineteen sixty nine lunar mission for the astronauts. Uh, Wolf goes to the facility uh, in which. You know to which he calls uh, calls a um the facility he calls a large sort of large hangar type building right like it was a place he hadn't been before um and he said it was like kind of like the whole thing was like kind of odd right he said there's like a bunch of people walking around in civilian clothes um which was like not a normal thing right this is a you know military type secret sort of thing mm-hmm. um you know, facility and, and just seeing people like sort of walking around, he, he just thought was strange. And uh, on top of that, many of them appeared foreign and were accompanied by interpreters. So he just thought those was, like weird. It's like not normal sort of business, um, you know, for, for, for that, uh, base. So, so eventually he makes his way to a dark room, um, to, you know, to work on this um, piece of equipment, and he's left alone with another airman who's um, working on another piece of equipment. So suddenly the guy turns to him and says, by the way, we've discovered a base on the backside of the moon.
0: <laughs> Pretty honestly, I love right? that as just like an aside. He's
1: just like, well, the guy's like probably in there like, dying, like what do you want for dying, lunch? We're going you know, like, like,
0: to like, talk get to get someone carry about it. it. By huh? By
1: the
0: way. We're going to get carry out. What do you
1: want? Oh, by the way, there's a moon moon base. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the moon base? Um, And so Wolf's like, you know, who's right. What do you mean? Like he obviously thinks that he's talking about like some other country, right? Russia or China or something like that. But he's intrigued by the comment, but he immediately becomes worried that they will be discovered, you know, having this like fairly top secret conversation, right? Like this isn't just stuff that you talk about, right? Like, So, um, so the guy now shows him one of these mosaic composites, you know, the kind made from like multiple photographs, multiple passes, right? Where they sort of piece together a landscape based off of, um, based off of that. Um, and, um, you know, depicted in that were a set of buildings. And then this is in his world, uh, in his words, uh, he pulls out one of these mosaics and, um, showed this base, base which had uh, geometric shapes. There were towers, there were spherical buildings, there were very tall towers, and things that looked somewhat like radar dishes. Uh, but they were very large structures. And he goes on to say, there were structures that were definitely not created by natural means, such as meteors, or ancient collision or ancient collisions with other heavenly bodies. Uh, quote, I was stunned by this extraordinary disclosure. I was shaking, trying to take in the enormity of what I was told. I was now looking down at at the very photographs. I could clearly make out, you know, the the geometric shapes, well-organized and well-designed. Most noticeable were what looked exactly like radar antennas, uh, very similar to what one could see on Earth. There was no doubt in my mind why the odd... Um, Complement of uh, scientists and investigators were in attendance at this place this day. They had arrived to see and study what, what he was looking at now, what he and the structures made by intelligent beings on the moon. So, you know, obviously he's worried about the conversation in the moment and, and sort of like what's happening at the, at the base there, but quickly he becomes excited with anticipation about this eventually coming out. Um, Another quote, um, whomever was the creator, I felt like I'd been caught stealing or with my hands in a cookie jar. I was not supposed to see these photographs. I could be arrested or worse. Um, I just wanted to do my job, leave and never mention it again. Every day when I went home, I thought I can't wait to hear about this on the news. Uh, but that day never came. So it was more than 30 years later uh, before he actually gave an interview about it, right? So he just wow, kept he waited waiting. Thirty around. years. Yeah, he waited thirty years, right? Like, I mean, again, this guy's somebody with a top secret clearance. You know, he thinks like a lot of people who sort of talk about disclosure that they're often told that don't worry, it's going to come out at some point, right? And so he kind of thinks that. Well, obviously, there's all these people looking at these these things. There's like more than just him that's seen this. Eventually, they're going to talk about it in the news, but you know, as we were all sort of told during, you know, the Cold War era, that, you know, we couldn't couldn't talk about these things because of the Russians, right? (laughs) And so after the Walthall, a lot of people were like, wait a second, so why aren't we talking about it now? And so I don't know what his thought process was, but but yeah, it was 30 years before he gave the um, interview, which obviously, um, you know, took on a life of its own. Um, Wolf uh, went on to become a self-help consultant, um, he never married and had no children, but he would obviously, you know, um, recount this event um, numerous times. Um, eventually, what kind of
0: self help did, did you find that out?
1: Uh, no, I, you know, that's a good question. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know Just the curious. answer to that. Um, maybe a career consultant. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, uh, but eventually, he died in a cycling accident, uh, which many considered suspicious, just because it's like he was a much older guy, he you know, and he died in this, like, kind of strange way uh, of just like he was, like, um, yeah, in, in a cycling accident. So, you know, who, who knows what exactly happened there, but...
0: But people um, suspect it was, like, People suspected that it
1: was weird, right? Like, anyone who dies in a mysterious and odd way, that's sort of, like in the ufo disclosure community obviously there's you know a lot of people point to that and say you know that's suspicious or something like that but but um he was pretty vocal about you know this event um you know and uh so i mean it's a pretty clear story right and it's from somebody with top Top secret clearance, right? Like this is not like he was a real person in a real place doing a real thing, uh, and you know certainly he could have completely made it up, but it would you know it's 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 odd that he would um, have this single memory, um, you know, and, and talk in detail about it later in, in in very consistent ways, and so yeah, that is the story of Carl Wolf, not Carl. Very
0: cool. Wolf. So, um, did you did he talk at all about how large? The structures were did he give an estimate
1: um not really although he, he said there were he said everything was very like very very right like mm-hmm. very tall towers um very large structures but i'm yep. not sure how he, you know what um what he was using for reference right, right. i mean this is probably somebody used to looking at images, you know, or maybe had seen other images from the moon. And so I, I don't know how you gain relativity from, yeah. you know, um, the, the the craters around. But what? I think what probably stuck out to him was that, you know, it was a cluster and they were different shapes, right? So th- there was geometric shapes. He said some were spherical, um, some had towers, and then the radar dishes was like a, a particular detail. And he just said it looked well organized and well designed you know like yeah. very intentional
0: and this kind of thing comes up again and again in different stories and reports by the way
1: what's that the, the well the size, organized the, the, uh-huh. the
0: large you know the size of the objects being so outsized and then yeah. um, also just the shapes kind of yeah. echo again and again in people's descriptions so when I share mine you'll see it
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. The tower, there, there's a lot of towers.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and I think I've like also seen, so I don't think I saw anything else about like radar dishes, but like the spherical um, shapes and just sort of like the the planned look of, you know, this isn't just like a, a lone building, right? right? Like there's other, you know, it's a compound, a base. You know, they always call it a base. I'm like, well, I don't, you know, I guess a base is a base. It's a, you know, I guess it's like... If you know I don't know if it's like a alien resort or something it's like <laughs> the moon <laughs> <Good spot.
0: laughs> like,
1: you know it's like who you knows like we always think base, you know, but uh, you know I don't know, I guess you could say like base camp right like um but um yeah, so that's that's his story
0: oh, interesting,
1: so um cool, so i got I got some more like photographs, right? And one in particular is, uh, the tower on the moon of which I think there's actually, you know, more than one. So it's hard to say this is the tower. Um, but the one I'm going to talk about first here, at least is the, um, the moon tower, um, which was photographed by the Soviet probe Zon three. So, you know, what's interesting, like going back and looking at some of these, um, you know, and you touched on it. Uh, you know, we just we had this like, you know, s- s- such a specific relationship with Russia at the time, you know, and not a good one. Um, that like there was a lot of stuff that happened in the space program and China, right? Like that happened in their space programs that we're just not we're not that taught we're we're not taught that much about, right? Like we're, you know, very much of what we know about the um travels to the moon and photographs of other planetary bodies and things like that are just the American ones, right? Like, I mean, that's like a thing of our country to only sort of hold up, you know, the, the asked our astronauts and like this and that, but you know, like those, remember those photographs I found of the, um, of Venus f- taken by the Russians, right. of the surface. I'm like, why didn't I see that as a kid? I mean, they were taken so long ago but we're not shown those. As, do you? Did you? Do you remember seeing this as a kid? No. Yeah. So why not? They're super cool. Like it's like this like green, yellow sky and this like crazy landscape. Very and it's, like,
0: sci-fi looking.
1: Very sci-fi looking. But it's just like, well, why haven't I seen that? Like that's odd. And it's just to do with this. Like, you know, there's a, there's this ever posturing between these three countries, right? The you know China and Russia and you know. United States. But, but just the fact that that would bleed so much into it. so, So specifically converge with how we are taught about what man knows about the moon, we're taught more about what, you know, Americans, them, rather than like right, human beings that, as a species.
0: Yeah, the the scientific withholding is very the scientific very withholding strange.
1: on both, uh, uh, like not just by the Russians but by our own. You know, mm-hmm. like why? Like I don't know. It's not like we're shown that stuff in school, and so it's, it's not like we don't have access to it. We do, and there's probably a ton that we don't have access to, right? Like, there's probably a ton of imagery that China has that we don't see, right? That, that, you
0: know,
1: like the cube, the, like the cube, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so, so Zon three um, was part of the the Zon program, um, and it was a probe. Um, there had been previous uh, efforts to photograph the surface of the moon by by the Soviets. Um, Luna three, uh, I think you touched on that was. Was actually the first to see the the far side, um, but the images weren't the greatest. So Zon three was meant to capture um, better, uh, more high quality images, which it did. So um, on July twentieth, nineteen sixty five, Zon three became the first ever like you know high quality image capture of the far side of the moon um, as the probe made its way to Mars. So. Um, you know, as you touched on, right, like dark side of the moon is is a misnomer. Um, I I feel like I should have looked it up, but I, I don't know if that was like, was literally coined by Pink Floyd or like maybe that, I don't know if that was even a term before that album, but, or, I mean, it's very poetic. Right. But it just means that like, you know, the side of the moon, we can't see, but obviously it's not actually dark. So, you know, i.e they were able to capture you know images of it right because it, it, it is lit back there by light um so but you know obviously because you know previous to uh you know spacecraft we were never able to see back there unless you were you know taken there by an alien or something um or tripping or whatever Uh, Or I guess, (laughs) I guess remote seeing. So, yeah, maybe some people saw, but we just didn't have (laughs) photographs. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, um, so, you know, very high quality for the time, but, you know, you know, technology progresses. So looking back at it, it's not the most crystal clear images, but one of them does depict an anomaly, a very long, a very tall tower-like structure jutting up from the otherwise, you know, flat surface surrounding it. Um, it's so far away that it's hard to truly judge, like what's around it, mm-hmm. or, or you know, exactly how tall it is. But estimations place it about um, eight kilometers tall. Right, so pretty tall.
0: Oh, wow! Wow!
1: Right, like sticking pretty far out. I and mean, it's, so
0: it's pretty cylindrical
1: it's pretty cylindrical. It's, it's, it's like finger-like, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. almost like the proportions of a finger, right? Like it's like tall, narrow, not many features to it. um, And very, very, very big. Right. And so that's probably the most odd part of it, right? Like it's hard to explain away something that tall sticking out that far from the surface of the planet. And
0: there's nothing else like it in the area. Too. Yeah, again, That's it's like another. super
1: far away. So it's, hard. I mean, there could be like a, you know, 10 story, you know, building next to it and you wouldn't be able to see right. from the photograph. I was just but. thinking
0: like a natural, you know, landscape, you, if it were some kind of mountain range. Yeah. There would be other features that are similar. Sure. Right.
1: Right. Like one would imagine that there would be other mountains around. Like there's very few. I mean, I guess Mount Fuji kind of sits up pretty singularly, but it's also pretty low in comparison, right? Like in in, in shape and in, in stature. So, um, but you know, it definitely looks intentional. It definitely looks tower like, um, rather than something just straight geological, um, you know, the, the, the image is so far back, you see the curvature of the planet. Like that's how big it is. You can see the curve of the moon and the tower sticking up. Um, so let's see, where was I? Yeah, just the sheer size of it is is mysterious. Um, oh, so, you know, yes, it does look, you know, intentionally made. It, It does look like an anomaly Right. It doesn't um, look like a, a geological formation um, and or yet there are um, you cannot help compare it to other mysterious uh, monoliths in the solar system. One of which is the Mars, uh, um, one of which is a mysterious monolith on Mars moon of Phobos. So I don't know if you were going to touch. I know you're doing buzz, but this is just like one little. Uh, um, tidbit about uh, Buzz Aldrin Um, he he surprised many people when he um, said that um, we should visit the this is a quote we should visit the moon of Mars there's a monolith there a very unusual structure on this little potato shaped object that revolves around Mars once every seven hours when people find out about that they're going to say who put that there? who put that there? well the universe put it there or if you choose God put it there. Um, so, you know, I've, I've seen photos of it. Like uh, m- the photos are more f- sort of from above. So it's like more of the like, you know, but it does look like singular mm-hmm. and there is a shadow. It does look like monolithic, whatever it is, but it is harder to see because it's um, from above. Right. Um, so it's harder to see exactly. It's sort of like shape. Uh, in elevation. Um, And so a lot of, you know, astronomers and uh, geologists just say it's an extraterrestrial rock. Right. And who knows? Like, I feel like every time they, they say that it's like, there's never like this, like good comparison. It's almost like, you know, or like break scientific breakdown or like crystal clear image of how it's not that it's usually like a shoulder shrug, right? Like probably just a rock. Do you know what I mean? And so, I don't know, there, it, it, there's a weird lack of um, curiosity, I feel like, in the more sort of like cerebral scientific community that's like, oh, you know, you would think a geologist would be excited by a giant tower that sticks up out of the, you know, into the air, right? As opposed to saying, well, it's just this or that, right? I don't know. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we got we something. Oh, no, 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 no. I was uh, agreeing okay. with you. Um, and, uh, let's see. Yeah. NASA, um, uh, Lon Fleming, who studied Mars and other solar system anomalies looked at the, the photos of Phobos and yeah, said it was, um, just another physical anomaly. And there are many others found in different parts of our solar system. But again, it's like, okay, well, the fact that there's a bunch of them doesn't <laughs> to me like make them mundane or explain them that like where's ours like we don't have any right we don't have eight kilometer natural geological towers sticking up you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i don't know but apparently there's a bunch around the solar system where there's just like weird towers um sticking up okay so okay two more so um further images right like you know i was surprised doing a google search this time like i don't know i feel like i've come across books over the years of just like by there's like one floating around i couldn't find it but um i've seen one that was like by an amateur photographer that just like had you know you can take pictures of the moon right like you can just straight up you get a high powered enough lens like if you but if you use binoculars, you can kind of see the surface, right? It's not that fucking far away, right? Especially with all the technology we have now. So people are starting to more and more photograph it. And I've seen a lot of, like, cool photos, but I feel like it was harder to find them. Like, even that one from Zon 3, it was, like, kind of took some digging around. It's, like, there's just this, like, constant stream of images coming out, like, people become interested in. And the other ones just kind of, like, fall by the wayside. And, like, are never really... Explained or like I don't know it's like people get Bored of them or something but um or But the there men are in
0: black Come to visit them. yes
1: exactly Um Apollo 8's um, Mission photographed what Looked like alien cities or like Weird shapes uh And like things that look kind of like I would describe it this way like Insect hive looking Formations they're really weird like mm. Kind of like Fossily traces like You know some of them look almost like Nazca lines, but they are organic looking. I'll say that. Like, it's not like rigid, um, but they're really strange looking photos. Um, and we'll, we'll post some of those to the um, uh, um, website.
0: For sure. Um, We've, we'll, we're going to post a lot of photos for this one, I feel like.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll put some on Instagram as well. Yeah. Apollo 16 is also said to have turned up some photos of the moon tower as well. Um, I don't know if it's a different one or the same one. It's, you know, sort of hard to keep track of like what, what's what, but um, in one of the, these photographs, there's a strange sort of, sort of giant white tower that's clearly visible. Um, and uh, um, there's, it's located inside a small sort of crater um, and a short distance from this pillar, We can also see sort of an, octagonal lunar crater with something pyramid, like again, like you can, you know, it's, it's hard to tell from some of these images, but they are curious. And I feel like there are a lot of anomalies, whether some of them are certainly um, geological, some of these anomalies that we see on the moon and, you know, um, on Mars and, and, and elsewhere, um, you know, some of them, are, they're hard to explain. Like they just look, there's something about them. You know what I mean? Where you're like, why, you know, like the one that's going around about the Mars door right now. Um, so anyways, there's, there's plenty out there, but uh, a number photographed by, um, you know, Apollo 8, Apollo 16, both by the Americans and the Soviets. Okay. Last story. Um, this one's about um, General James Alton McDivitt. Um, So in 1965, uh, Brigadier General James Alton McDivitt um, claims to have seen a UFO um, from the ship he was piloting for the uh, Gemini 4 mission. And so he, this is like one of those weird ones where like he gives an interview in 1975. I Like from what I read subsequent to that, like there's all of these like weird explanations and him sort of recanting saying, Oh, it wasn't actually a UFO. And they were like, Oh no, it's like, I think it wasn't the, the ice crystal one, but it was something like that where it was like, Oh, there was a reflection in the window, you know? And just like, really, yeah,
0: like very, that.
1: you saw that there was mm-hmm. like, Oh, Oh, it was just a, a reflection. It was very much, it felt like the Roswell, like, you know the fighter pilots who are like,
0: "Oh yeah, I
1: guess that UFO was just a weather balloon we saw." You know? <laughs> I felt really right. like that because Swamp when you gas. read the interview, you're like, "He's not describing a fucking you know reflection here." Well, also, right? why
0: even mention it? I would assume right. a reflection would would be very common then.
1: But even if it was uh, weird, it, well, let me let me read you his let me okay. read you some of his own words from, because I almost didn't do it until I read this part and I'm like, wait a second, this guy isn't describing a reflection. So basically, um, yeah, nineteen. Um, he, you know, he had flew flown a number of missions, um, Gemini and Apollo programs. Um, he flew 145 combat missions in the Korean War. So you know, this guy is like credible. Uh, you know, tested uh, um, pilot, right? Like not, not easily, you know, flying 145 combat missions. This is not an easily scared person, right? right. Um,
0: and he's seen
1: plenty of reflections. <laughs> he's seen plenty of reflections. Okay. Um, so, so I, I'm just, I'm going to just jump forward here to the, to the actual interview. Okay. So 1975, he says this, at the time I saw it, I said there was something out front of me or outside the spacecraft, and I couldn't identify, and I've never been able to identify, it, and I don't think anybody ever will. We are drifting. Uh, we are in drifting flight, and my partner Ed White was asleep. I couldn't see anything out in front of me except just the black sky, and it was rotating around. I noticed something out in front that was a white cin- syndric- cylindrical,
0: cylindrical,
1: cylindrical shape. With a white pole sticking out of it, uh, uh one corner of it, and it looked like a beer can with a smooth pencil sticking out. So he goes to grab his camera, and he takes a few pictures, but he doesn't get the focus right or whatever the exposure right. So they come out blurry. Um, and he does call down, um, you know, you know, he does call down and report it, uh, you know, and they check the radar, and there's like oh, there's nothing there or whatever, right? Um, and, and again, later he says in his own words, "I grabbed two cameras and took pictures of it. As the sun shone on the window, I could no longer see out, and the thing just disappeared." They checked NORAD records to see what they had up on radar, and there wasn't anything within very close range of us. Um, and so, after you know, they get back down to Earth, the the they process the photographs, and you know, fail to reveal what he believes he saw. Um, you know, he said, I've seen the photographs that were released. I went back through and went through each frame of all the pictures that we took. And there wasn't anything in there like what I had seen. Okay. Oh my so God. this is like the guy who yeah. then later says it was a reflection in the window.
0: Oh boy. I mean, yeah. I'm so glad you read that because it's like nothing like, like what a spinning beer can. That's why I was laughing. It's yeah, just, yeah, just exactly. so not, it's not like a, well, it's so oh, it was clear. like a blob that was glowing on the this window. Light, I could see this that. This lights yeah. hanging
1: outside of my window. It's like, no, this guy saw a shape, right. and it was like spinning he was...
0: with a straw sticking out.
1: and but then he leaves, goes and gets a camera or two cameras, and photographs it. So it's not like right. I could he's, obviously he's you could that struck he's that by it. sure about what he's seeing, mm-hmm. and it's hanging out that long. right. So let's say it is a reflection. You would have to then leave, come back, sit in the exact same spot with the exact same lighting. Situation, to cause the exact same optical illusion that then you proceed to photograph twice, right? Like that's wild. Like, and so the mm-hmm. fact that he doesn't stick to his story makes it even weirder to me.
0: Right? You know that
1: he had, like I found this one interview. I'm not gonna read it, but like where he's just like almost dismissive about it, and he's like, "Oh, that guy got blown out of proportion." I told it was like <laughs> I came back down, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's totally just like a." Lights in the window, sort of deal. Like that's so wild that they thought I saw aliens. Like it's like that. It's I feel like, like it, the... this.
0: I think there was a similar story with Buzz Aldrin, and the same thing. Yeah, happened. yeah, totally. Buzz like, Aldrin, same one. Like right? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a, it was a reflection. Yeah.
1: yeah, 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 totally. They all saw reflections. Um, okay, cool. So that's what, so I got.
0: Wow, well, that one's really interesting. Yeah. God. Super cool. Um. So I'm going to – I'll jump into mine and then we can discuss, okay? Okay, okay, cool, Discuss, cool. But I'll, I'll just get through mine. Okay, so do you remember Ingo Swan from our remote viewing episode? Yes. Okay.
1: One of my faves.
0: So, so I'll just recap. Uh, he's been called the father of remote viewing. He took part in government-sponsored experiments by the Stanford Research Institute between 1972 and 1988 called the Stargate Project um and these experiments uh, were in remote viewing and he was one of their more accurate psychics so for those who don't know remote viewing or controlled remote viewing is using the mind to see things at a distance using you know esp or or some kind of psychic power and ingo swan's travels went far beyond military targets which was The main reason that the military was interested in you know this kind of ability, and he actually traveled to outer space. So he reportedly visited Jupiter, and many of his observations were later verified. Which is interesting.
1: uh, Remote. Remotely, yeah,
0: remotely visited Jupiter. Um, So So
1: cool! I want to remotely visit Jupiter.
0: I know me too. I mean, me too. I think we got to try that. So, in his 1998 book, which I think we also mentioned, but it's called uh, Penetration, he talked about being tasked by a secret government agency which remain unnamed, specifically working with an agent named Axelrod to perform. I know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This guy's name. Cool name, I know.
0: (laughs) To perform these remote viewing um, sessions, viewing the dark side of the moon. So this was in 1975, and he said he was offered $1,000 a day for his services, which if you can imagine how much money that is in today's money, right, in 1975. Right, well, I mean, that's a so lot, quite a, a lot for, for a psychic, I would imagine. Um, so Swan said he had no idea what they wanted and speculated that they were looking for good places to maybe build moon bases. So he took the job, of course, and he allowed himself to be recorded by Axelrat as he was given coordinates and psychically transported himself to the lunar surface. And he said, quote, I had no problem getting there. Slowly at first, it grew larger and then swiftly filled my psychic vision, a whitish thing with grays, darks, and surprisingly, a lot of yellows in it, I had the sensation of being next to some pumice-like rocks. So he saw himself zooming across mountains and then into darkness, at which point it dawned on him that this must be the dark side of the moon. Um, I guess he was just told he was going to visit the moon, and then he realized it was the dark side. So he then saw a cliff formation along with whitish sand and dunes that had patterns in them, And this confused him because the moon has no atmosphere and therefore no wind. And especially back then, people didn't realize that there was a little bit of an atmosphere. So what would cause this windblown type of pattern in the sand? Kind of like what you see in a desert with dune markings, it sounds like. And as he looked closer, he saw what looked like, quote, rows of largest tractor tread marks. But I don't understand how this could be. As he looked at the cliff, he said, it has a kind of shiny quality to it, something like obsidian. So then he was given the next coordinate, but was even more confused and thought he must be back on Earth because otherwise he could make no sense of what he was seeing. And he said, I am in a place which is sort of down like a crater. And there is this strange green haze like a light of some kind. Beyond that, all around is dark, though. I am wondering where the light is coming from. So he tells this to Axelrod, who then says, what else? And he said, well, you won't like this. I see, or at least think I see some actual lights. They're giving off a green light. I see two rows of them, sort of like lights at football arenas, high up on towers of some kind. He then told him that he had to apologize because he must be on Earth. And he, you know, felt like he was failing at his assignment. How could he be on the moon? And at this point, Axelrod, who he calls Axel for short, uh, looked serious and concerned. And he even, like, broke a pencil he was holding in half. So he's, it's a very dramatic moment, right?
1: Those darn aliens.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Swan tried to pry a bit, and he asked him if he was indeed on the moon, and if so, What the lights were from because he was just given given coordinates and told to psychically travel there and he asked was it from the russians maybe having built a base but he got no answer the guys being very cagey and avoidant and not answering his questions so he returned to the area of the lights and he began looking further and he could see that the greenish lights looked diffused like there was some kind of dust in the atmosphere And at this point, he also heard a thumping noise of some kind, but again, he was puzzled because there's no atmosphere to speak of. Why is he hearing a sound? And then he saw more tractor tread marks, and he said they were everywhere and about a foot wide. And he estimated that the light towers were over a hundred feet tall. So at, at this point, he got a glimpse of the crater's edge and he saw a very large tower. And as he's reporting on what he's seeing, Axel isn't affirming, denying, or explaining any of it. He just keeps prompting him, keep going, keep going. So as Ingo goes on, he starts realizing that what he's looking at is not only the moon, but the structures aren't something built by humans. So at this point, he starts asking Axel why he's been dragged into this mission, and he gets so overwhelmed at the implications of what he sees that he breaks down in tears when he realizes and he said, The bottom line, we are not alone. Uh, and this, in some ultra secret, presumably government agency, damn well knew it. So he's worn out from this first day and everything that he's seeing. He takes a break, he collapses in bed, overwhelmed by ex- exhaustion. And then at his next session, things get even more interesting. So he gets his coordinates psychically visits a series of locations. And some of them, he said, look just like ordinary moonscapes, nothing to see here. But others have clearly artificial elements and structures. And he said, I found towers, machinery, lights of different colors, strange looking buildings. I found bridges whose function I couldn't figure out. Hmm. One of them just arched out and never landed anywhere. There were a lot of domes of various sizes, round things things like small saucers and windows these were stored next to crater sides sometimes in caves sometimes in what looked like airfield hangars i had problems estimating sizes but some of the things were very large i found long tube-like things machinery tractor-like things going up and down hills straight roads extending some miles obelisks obelisks which had no apparent function there were large platforms on domes large cross like cross like structures so side note remember these details because they're going to make an appearance later on in a different Mm, story okay and then he said uh holes being dug into crater walls and floors obviously to do with some kind of mining or earth moving operations Ingle also saw nets, like net-like structures over craters and houses where he knew someone or some people or beings obviously lived. And then he saw who? And he said, I saw some kind of people busy at work on something I could not figure out. The place was dark. The air, quote unquote, was filled with a fine dust and there was some kind of illumination, like a dark dark lime green fog or mist. The thing about them was that they either were human or looked exactly like us because they were all males as well as I could see and then, okay, brace yourself here (laughs) because they were all butt ass naked. I had no idea why. They seemed to be digging into a hillside or a cliff. So I'm just going to let that sit for a second here. (laughs) So basically, Ingo has stumbled upon some kind of alien lunar mining nudist colony. And (laughs) at this point, uh, the naked moon guys seem to sense his presence, his psychic presence, because they grew excited and they began like gesturing in his direction. And Ingo realizes they must have psychic abilities because they're literally pointing at him and he has the sudden urge to flee. He's been spotted. So he tells Axel... Who says? Please quickly come away from that place, and then he says, "I think we had better end our work here." So at this point, wow. yeah, Ingo says, um, "He's really worked up. He starts insisting that Axel give him more, you know, information here, and he asks him point blank if he knew that these beings had psychic powers and could they actually kill." An Earth psychic, if they were aware of him or her, you know, like, is he in danger? And Axel coolly responds, we don't know, but that they do have things and capabilities we here are trying to understand is very apparent. Whether they spotted you or not will be unclear. At any rate, we don't want to put you to any more risk. So Ingo made some sketches of what he saw on the moon, and we'll share them on our site and our Instagram. Um, Oh,
1: really? Okay, cool. Okay.
0: So after this, the plot thickens. So... Remember how I said to keep some of the structures in mind that he saw? Yeah. Okay. So the next summer, it's the summer of 1976, a year after Ingo's remote viewing of the Naked Moon guys, um, he received a mysterious envelope in the mail. And it contained a book written by a man named George Leonard titled, Somebody Else is on the Moon. So I actually bought this book, it's oh, on sweet. Amazon. <laughs> And the title gives away the basic premise that there are aliens on the moon. And the author wrote the book after obtaining and closely studying NASA photographs of the moon after they become public domain. And he also researched tapes from the Apollo missions and sort of read into what the astronauts had said on their mission. And Leonard came to the conclusion that there is a highly advanced underground civilization that's working on the surface of the moon. (laughs) on what looks like some kind of mining project. Now, keep in mind he came up with this independently from Ingo's remote right viewing. Right. Um and in the book he describes I'll I'll just tell you like you know this is only touching, you know, the surface of it, but he describes enormous structures, many of which Ingo saw in his remote viewing ex- expeditions. So, Leonard says that the photographs show evidence of huge in some cases, miles long or tall buildings and tractors or some kind of huge machinery that's used to move the earth. Everything is on a mammoth scale, which, you know, goes back to your stories, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I guess they'd have to be if they're viewable in photographs from space. But some of them look like large earthworms, but they're apparently like, you know, according to Leonard, he believes are huge machines used to move... You know, large chunks of soil or rock around, and he calls them super rigs, and their size is often measured in miles, not yards. Um, Others are incredibly high towers or what look like satellite dishes, like you touched on.
1: Right. Oh, right.
0: He also talks about immense areas that appear to be in the process of being mined, and in some cases... He spotted changes in the landscape or even large plumes of soil or dust being ejected out of craters. like there's something going on mm-hmm. So it would be the kind of thing where it's not there one second, then it, then it is and then it's not there again. you know that sort of a thing. So um, at the site of the, the craters being sprayed out, Leonard noticed that there are these enormous cross-shaped structures. And these crosses appear strategically placed there, possibly to signify active work being done or something else. But it's just like Ingo reported seeing, he saw crosses as well. And Leonard describes large tracks across the landscape, just like Ingo saw gigantic bridges or structures that look like bridges or ladders kind of arcing out over craters. He also describes these mysterious symbols and iconography, including structures that resemble fleur-de-lis. Um, he talks about mysterious lights that have been capt- captured on the lunar surface. And these lights have been reported many times over the years by amateur and professional astronomers. I had no idea,
1: but over oh, the last man. century
0: and even before that. and they. Um, are called transient lunar phenomena and it's a a term coined by Sir Patrick Moore in 1968 and it includes lights, short-lived changes of color, or surface areas of the moon. So it's just like a a transient phenomenon that's, that's seen and there's no explanation for it. And then Leonard also noted that there are these white areas surrounding craters or kind of jetting out from them in a line. He calls them crater rays, and some have distances up to fifteen hundred miles. He also has seen what he describes as gas jets, and there are these great plumes of some kind of dust or gas um, being propelled upward, maybe from smokestacks or vents of some kind. He thinks, and he also, you know, talked about the, you know, why why are things this large? Is this feasible? Like, what does what sense does this make? And he said, you know. There's less in gravity on the moon and there's no need to worry about disturbing surrounding civilization or habitat. So why not have these humongous machines and, you know, structures there? So um, what would they be doing there? What would they be mining there? One of uh, Leonard's speculations is that helium-3, which I guess is known to be in abundance on the moon, could be one of the things that they're tapping and using for energy um, there's a lot more in this book and he actually <laughs> floats the idea that the moon was planted near earth by extraterrestrials or even that it's hollow and itself a gigantic spaceship from some dying megastructures. civilization. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Mega structures. I mean, I, I'm kind of like uh, on the no side of the fence with that one, but yeah, you know, I'm maybe check do. out the book, make up your own mind. Um,
1: yeah. I want to check it out. Yeah.
0: So, as Ingo reads, though, he realizes that Axelrod had known about this book and Ingo's observations were linking up with it. I mean, you know, obviously uh, Axelrod had been the one to send it to him. So he knew all along. So it was like as, as Ingo's seeing these things, it's kind of confirming the findings in this book. Um, and uh, later on, Ingo was given another book uh, by a different friend. And it was written by a Japanese author about structures on the moon that can be seen with a telescope. And uh, Ingo eventually came to believe that the mainstream description of the moon is just like this dead, airless satellite is false, mm-hmm. and that there's a cover-up hiding the truth of the goings on there. Wow. Yeah. So
1: I love Ingo Swan. So I want to read that book. Like uh-huh. I want to. What is it? Penetration. I can send you the, the link. One? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, penetration. Yeah. yeah I can send and then the, link, the one that I... he. F- he um
0: He has multiple books.
1: What what was the one that he was sent again? The the one that you were just talking about? The other oh, guy.
0: there's a book in Japanese and I don't know the name of it. Um uh, offhand. Well no, but... I'm
1: saying the one that you read. The one that
0: Oh, oh, um somebody else is on the moon.
1: Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. It sounds really interesting. And I feel like Ingo, mm-hmm. you know, just sort of taking him at his word, like this is a guy who's seen some weird shit right over the, over the years. And so for him to feel so sort of taken with this is really interesting to me. I don't know.
0: Right. Right. And it sounds like he became convinced. So I'll just go into, I just have a few more. Sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, you know, obviously different space missions, you t- touched on a lot of them have recorded an array of strange phenomena on the mm. moon. Um, so there are a few more, um, that you didn't mention. One is Apollo eight, uh, so it orbited 70 miles above the lunar surface with Earth in the background. And as it did so, it filmed the ground below. And at one point, and this kind of jives with uh, the observations in somebody else on the moon, a small black object, tall and c- cylindrical, appears jutting from the moon just as the camera is about to pass by. The strange object clearly releases a jet-like cloud. It looks like a smokestack ejecting a puff of smoke. The cloud drifts to the right, and then it dissipates. Though the black huh. object appears small on the screen, it's clearly thousands of feet tall if it was taken from such a high altitude. But that kind of, you know, is in line with, with, uh, you know, what Leonard found. And then Apollo 11. Um, so... Uh, according to Timothy Good, who's one of the world's lead leading UFO researchers and author of a 1998 Above Top Secret book, ham radio operators <laughs> receiving uh, VHF signals transmitted from Apollo 11 to NASA's Houston headquarters intercepted the following message, which NASA censored during a two-minute blackout. And so you, the story goes that... You know, on the July 20th broadcast of the moon landing, right, right. there's like two minutes missing. So right, what happened right. during conspiracy? Yes. Theorists are all over that, like, what was missing? So, OK, so this Gaia.com published the supposed transcript between Armstrong and Aldrin. Oh okay, yeah, can't wait OK, So Apollo 11. Those are giant things. No, no, no. This is not an optical illusion. No one is going to believe this. NASA. What what? What? What the hell is happening? What's wrong with you? Apollo 11, they're here under the surface. NASA, what's there? Muffled noise, a mission interrupted, interface control calling Apollo 11. Apollo 11, we saw some visitors. They were here for a while, observing the instruments. NASA, repeat your last information. Apollo 11, I say that there were other spaceships. They're lined up in the other side of the crater. Apollo 11, Let us sound this orbita in 625 to 5, automatic relay connected. My hands are shaking so badly I can't do anything. Film it? God, if these damn cameras have picked up anything, what then? NASA, have you picked up anything? Apollo 11, I didn't have any film at hand. Three shots of the saucers or whatever they were that were ruining the film. NASA, control, control here. Are you on your way? What is the uproar with the UFOs over? Apollo 11, they've landed there. There they are, and they're watching us. NASA, the mirrors, the mirrors. Have you set them up, Apollo Eleven? Yes, they're in the right place. But whoever made those spaceships surely can come tomorrow and remove them. Over and out. Awesome. I know. So this is so. Um, it's the last the, two minutes.
1: Yeah, yeah. So wait, but th- this is not a, from a recording. This is transcript from
0: supposedly a transcript s- from from some kind of leaked hand- recording. Hi, I'm oh, ham leech radio. Thing. Or yeah, ham
1: radio. So it's yeah. like real time; they're hearing it. And like, yeah, um, yeah.
0: But I mean, even if you don't buy the whole missing time alien spotting thing, something else interesting was reported by Neil Armstrong um, when they were passing over a crater that researchers had noted for having odd phenomena. He said, "There's an area that is considerably more illuminated than the surrounding area. It seems to have a slight amount of fluorescence. So, in other words, it was illuminated." Oh, Um, And then I just have a few more. Apollo 17. um, In 1972, pilot Harrison Schmidt of the Apollo 17 mission spotted a flash of light north of a lunar crater called Grimaldi as the craft was orbiting the moon. And the next day... Command module pilot Ronald Evans saw another flash of light. This one was a little less bright and it was in a different location on the moon. And so, as I mentioned earlier, uh, these strange lunar lights have been recorded many times over the years and are apparently, mm. they're seen up to several times a week by different huh. witnesses. So they're very frequent. Um, and uh, I just got a telescope and I'm totally going to look for some moon oh, uh, moonlights. Yes. Um but you know, there are different theories of what the lights could be. So volcanic activity, moon quakes, meteor strikes, gas escaping from below the surface, aliens. Mm,
1: I'm not saying it's aliens, but not
0: saying not saying, but but yeah, it's maybe aliens. maybe it's maybe it's aliens. Okay, and then also uh, the Clementine project. On January twenty-fifth, nineteen ninety-four, NASA launched the Clementine Unmanned Space Mission to observe the moon in a nearby asteroid. And when it flew over this region called the Aristarchus region of the moon, it sent back this incredible photo, and we'll post it, of what looks like a bluish, glowing, circular domed object inside of a crater. And it also sent back other photos, and in multiple instances, there are what appear to be structures or towers that have been blurred out or otherwise tampered with. So there's like this Mm. whole... World of of conspiracy oh, yeah. theorists who dive into this pretty deep about like blurred out photos. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely and what photos that means
1: with with like blurred chunks in them. Like when you go, like you can get them from the NASA. You know, like they they have the repository of of imagery or whatever that you can actually go to. There are ones that you can get like straight off their website with like chunks blurred out. Right. Um, right.
0: And who knows, who knows, that means. the bird
1: or whatever, but you know, it, that is a thing. That is another anomaly, right? <laughs> right. So.
0: For sure. So, um, okay. So, just, I'm just going to finish up with a couple yeah. little stories. So, you might be wondering if aliens are on the moon, do they ever abduct people? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes, I am wondering.
0: Okay. Well, the answer might be hell yeah. Okay, so from the site UFOs UFOsNW, a report was posted from Tyler, Texas, on December twenty seventh, twenty nineteen. And the person said, "This is not a prank call. This is Zach. That's my actual name." I was recently in a town called Tyler, Texas, and it was around nine thirty p.m. And I was in the square, and I was abducted, believe it or not. And Bigfoot was on the ship with the aliens, and they took me to the moon. Yes. To where, like I was able to breathe on the moon without a mask, but I don't understand how they did it, man. <laughs>
1: Take it up, Johnny. <laughs> and then, they, you know, and then there's
0: another one, and the name. This is like posted on uh, this this person's um, site and she titles this post me on the moon with the nordic and Graves," and it's dated december 5th 2019 so maybe something was happening 2019
1: yeah i mean it's like moon party
0: a moon party all right and she's got like drawings and, and different images but she said i've always enjoyed my contacts capital c this was a really cool experience with the Greys and a male Nordic that took me to the moon. And she's got a picture of him, like a drawing, and he looks kind of like a like a alien Fabio. He's got long flowing locks and like six pack and stuff. Um, so she said. I didn't get to stay for very long. The ride back and forth was extraordinary. The pilot was very nice and we communicated a lot. He was more humanoid, a Nordic male, six to seven feet tall with long blonde blonde hair, blue eyes, benevolence, and beyond um, imaginable physical beauty. He explained they were a group of spirit beings from the Pleiades here to guide humanity through the shift of the ages. They are really concerned about earth and our future and are trying to help us reach a higher dimension. So, so yeah, that happened. Cool. And those are my moon stories.
1: I love it. Nice. Wow. There's definitely some stuff in there. Like I do, just was not like expecting or aware of. Um, And like specifically the, the Ingo Swan stuff, like, I mean, like the, I, th- I think about like the, the stories of him remote seeing into Mars, like all the time, just like, they're just so weird. Like the ancient, races of aliens and stuff like but just this idea that he's going there and then that these people that he sees see him you know like it just really reminded me of of Swedenborg and his sort of descriptions of you know in life on other planets where where, I mean you know he had these experiences in what like 1700s or whatever right like he Mm -hmm. would you know, and he was a scientist too. Like he would uh he said that, you know, the what he called angels would come down and they would change his mind in a way to transport him around the solar system and then I think eventually the, the, the universe and he said that when he would go to a planet, he would kind of like they wouldn't go just straight on it's not like they just like landed on the surface. They would sort of like go near it right like near like outside the atmosphere or whatever and that spirits would sort of come out and and talk to him you know what i mean they mm-hmm. they'd see him out there and like come meet him and then sometimes he would he would he learned mostly about the planets through sort of these you know in in the terms Spirit of these stories things. like yeah like psychic conversations that he would that's have that's
0: interesting Well, it kind of you know makes you wonder like was he actually seeing physical beings or was this more in a spiritual plane
1: this was more in a spiritual plane but then they would no, I'm ta- show I was him talking about ingo but yeah oh 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 right 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 well according to Swedenborg it was on a spiritual plane but then they would picture things to him
0: mm-hmm.
1: so he would they would like put pictures in his mind so he could see what they saw right and that's kind of how he saw so he wasn't like walking around the planets he would sort of have these interactions anyways it just reminded me of that but just this idea that he's like flying around up there <laughs> like notice him is wild right I mean like mm-hmm. the whole thing's wild like you know the the naked part kind of the least of the <laughs> least of it I mean if you don't need a space what the fuck why not why not go you know bug naked I mean you know I wonder if the, the green mist is supposed to be some sort of atmosphere are I don't know generating yeah, or something or, or, or breathing but it reminded me of that story that you had about like the underground. Wasn't there like a some sort of mist or something that those weird caverns underground?
0: Well, I mean, we just did the underground, uh, like the minor stories. And no, no, there it was, was a, a different one. one. Okay, different
1: it was, one. Okay, it was, it, uh, it was one. I that mean, Mel's had,
0: Hole. I mean, there's Mel's Bottomless Pit. They were
1: like found a, a room, like an illuminated room.
0: Was it the Giants under Mount Shasta?
1: Maybe it was.
0: Okay.
1: Well, whatever. But been
0: so many, a lot of underground um, stories.
1: Yeah, totally. Okay, so let's let's get into it. Like, what? So, I assume you were going to ask. Like, what? What do I think? Yeah, I'm going to ask. What do, you, what do you think? Okay. Oh, Are you want to ask me first? No, you go, you go. Okay. What do I think?
0: Yeah. What do you think?
1: Um, I mean, hell yeah, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's cool. Fucking Bigfoot. Everybody's up there now. Um, yeah, I think there's, I mean, I think there's like all these, I, I wouldn't, honestly, I wouldn't have thought about it, honestly, like, oh yeah, there's like, you know, people on the moon or whatever, but the, the imagery and the fact that like all of these astronauts have had some sort of experience, Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ingo Swan, like, I think, you know, the remote seeing programs were a real program, right? Yeah. The, and so they used people like this and the idea that they wouldn't poke around. Right. And they the had enough people. hits.
0: Um, they had enough accuracy to make it, you know, worth their while to keep going right. with it, too.
1: totally, totally. So, you know, these are people that our government trusts with, you know, spy craft and that they would, they certainly, it is certainly plausible to me that they would be looking around the moon. But I think that some of these astronauts have certainly seen some things up there that aren't explained. I feel like I've seen enough like images where you're like, wait, what is this? What's, what's going on? And like, why isn't this more interesting? And that to me, you know, why isn't there more interest around it? And that to me is weird
0: Right. I mean, I think like the the, the classic uh, skeptic explanation. It's oh, it's pareidolia. It's the you know the mind's tendency to create pattern out of randomness. You know, and and see right. things that are familiar. And and sure, that happens a lot.
1: But sure, it does for sure. Yeah, but there's so many. It's not like there's like oh the one image and they're like oh, if you look at it from this angle it actually does. you know there's the one like face right, right. that they're like actually on a you know this time of year at this time, it doesn't look like a face and you're like mm-hmm. okay <laughs> you know but what about all these other image what about all these like other photos and experiences that astronauts mm-hmm. have had
0: and Well it's just like also lights smoke being light ejected sm- uh yeah, so ge- and especially like geometric Objects, anything that, you know, where the shape doesn't appear in nature.
1: Yeah. So, although I mean, it kind of
0: does, because you've ever seen like one of the, the, I think it's the North Pole of Jupiter. I want to say it's like a hexagon. Oh,
1: interesting. Yeah. I mean, and look, I mean, I I, I think it's certainly plausible that we would have a base up there or, or, or other superpowers, and that they would just never reveal that. Do you know well, what I mean? why like, haven't we gone back? Well, maybe they have. That's what my point is like maybe they have. Like you got like billionaires shooting dicks up into the space now. Like it's not it's not that hard. Like really we never went back? You know what I mean? They certainly could have gone back and never told us, right? Like that's certainly possible. There's a lot of stuff they do like that that they don't tell the public about. So who knows what the fuck's going on up there. And So the idea that, that there could be other, you know, um, civilizations from – from this planet <laughs> that are going up there but certainly if there's you know any sort of like extraterrestrial or interdimensional life that's visiting this planet that that there would be some activity up there certainly not like the weirdest thing you know about that so
0: right
1: so yes i think there's definitely is there is it a mega structure like i don't i don't think so is it like a regular planet like yeah is there like mining facilities are like outposts you know yeah probably i don't know from from what they from what these people are saying that they see why not like it's interesting enough i think to warrant like why aren't we like flying around out there looking do you know what i mean
0: yeah why aren't there more close-up studies being right which it's, makes me it's think so close there
1: are yeah. Do you know what I mean? It makes me think there are because it's like, yeah, why not? There's not like they're out there like, you know, I don't know. What would what you think?
0: I want to believe in it.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Bigfoot's out there, but. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know about Bigfoot. I don't, I, I kind of doubt that, that dude really, really. I mean, in his mind, he went to the moon, whatever, whatever yeah. he was smoking. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think it's possible. I think yeah. it's possible that there are that there have been, you know, other life forms that have landed there either in the past. Yeah. Or that, that are still there. I mean it's possible. I mean
1: Yeah. I think probably I'm, I'm, I'm guessing
0: that decades ago we wouldn't have even thought that ice or water or any kind right. of atmosphere on the moon was a possibility. Well that
1: was always held up as like the thing of like right. well, so, these other planets don't have water. It's like, yeah, actually they all, pretty much all of them do. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and like, I think the past part is interesting. This is the first time I've really thought about, you know, you know, based on your stories, like the idea that there's currently, you know, people up there or beings up there, or stuff going on up there. Like the idea that there would be like an ancient race that put something up there a long time ago kind of seemed more... Likely to me, or that's immediately where my mind went, I, I should say. Like you just see these like buildings and you're like, oh, maybe like a long time ago, some aliens came passing through and had nothing to even do with us, right? Like the the stuff that Ingo Swan saw on Mars, right? Like wasn't that what he was seeing, he thought was like very, very, very long ago,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And like and- that, there could have been this whole other civilizations in the solar system that came and went and that we just don't even know about. Like, I think about that a
0: lot, actually. Right, and I think in in Leonard's book, Somebody Else on the Moon, I think he brings up uh, just, like, the question of, like, well, you know, are a lot of the UFO sightings that we encounter, you know, could it be that they're based on the moon? Hmm. And that's why they're so frequent. They just kind of, like, they stay up there where they're hidden, yeah. and then they kind of... I
1: mean... You know, I know we'll we're going to the... do we'll we'll do a Mars version. We'll do a Mars one at some point. But like, but I would be remiss if I didn't bring up like Israeli security chief it was like, oh yeah, we have a, like a base on Mars or whatever that international. What? Okay, I we'll never, I never heard this. <laughs> no, no, no. Tell me. No, you get, you can't do that. You can't be such a tease. You got to tell me. What is well, I was going to do it as a story, but like I was like, oh no, it's Mars. But oh,
0: just 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 tell me what's the headline.
1: That the for the the. Previous security chief from um, Israel said that there's like an international intergalactic scientific base on Mars that like actually not only are there extraterrestrials there, but like United States <laughs> citizens oh, that I go know. there. That's really cool. I know, I know. <sighs> but um, yeah, so like, you know, People talking about that, like that—that's wilder than anything we've talked about now. So, cool. Well, I don't know. I feel like I feel like we did it, right? We did do it, and then some. Dark side yeah. of the moon.
0: Dark side of the moon, everybody. So, if you guys have any ideas, if you just want to express your opinion, if you've got any cool dark side of the moon stories, or you've been abducted and taken to the moon,
1: remote and seeing,
0: any remote viewing, if you've tried it, which I guess. I think in our remote viewing episode, we gave some tips on how to do that. But I think one thing right, that helps is like blackout, blackout mask. Blackout kind of help you. mask. It, it kind of like, yeah, when you block off your visual sense, it makes it easier for your mind to visualize.
1: Oh, really? Huh. Supposedly. Okay. Maybe I'll try that. I did try the the um, CE5. <laughs> why, why did I try to remote view?
0: But anyway, if you've got anything, send it to us, shadowlandpodcast at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Instagram and DM us, as people have done, and we got a really great recommendation. I was super excited about, um, somebody suggested that we do the Valley of uh, Headless Men, which I'm excited about. Um, Yes. But yeah, would love to hear what you guys are thinking, um, and send us your stories about anything else. Yep. any any of your stories from the shadows we'd love to hear it and also i just want to say thank you so much to people who've been leaving us nice reviews it means yes we appreciate so it. much yep. and uh it's, it's it's really it's really wonderful all right then well i feel like we did it we, we did do it
1: okay all right all so right. until next time
0: all right talk to you soon bye all right bye <laughs>
1: Shadowland Podcast is produced by Seth Javlon and Christina Calvert, Edited by Tim Kelly. Theme music by Tim Lincoln.
0: Thanks, Tim.